This week, TikTok's tracking your keyboard, Sega's giving you all new games, Google Search is limiting clickbait, and Cineworks is filing bankruptcy. It's Sunday, August 21st, 2022, and this is episode 630 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms like Livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can become a member and get exclusive content and ad-free episodes of F5 Live and The Pilch Point, or on our website, PlugHitsLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio, give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them, or watch as we screw up the intro. (laughs) Uh, If you can't join us live, that's okay. Uh, You can always go to plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows and all of the ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. It's been one of those nights tonight, Avram, and I apologize to the listeners and viewers for that. This is my second show in a row, so my brain's a little off, but it's good to have you back because last week it was one of those weeks for you. Yes, yes. uh, (laughs) Sorry about that. It was like a curse. I mean, the I had just built this new computer, which. Uh, I really wish I could. Uh, I don't think the cord is long enough in the camera to show this, but I'll show you the inside of it because it looks pretty cool. Like I've got all these RGB lights in there. And in order to make this computer work, I had to use, to work properly, I had to use some uh, power supply extension cables. So one of the coolest things uh, around is that I have these uh, PSU extension cables called. Uh, the Lian Lee Streamer. Uh, perhaps people might pronounce it as streamer, but I pronounce it as streamer, S-T-R-I-M-E-R. Uh, and it is uh, extension cables for the 24-pin ATX and the 6-8-pin uh, GPU cables, power cables. And since this case I have is pretty big, I really could use those extensions, plus they're RGB extension cables, so you get RGB on the cable, which is cool. But sure. all was working well for a few days. And then mysteriously, right before we tried to do our show, I got the computer turning itself, randomly turning itself off. And then I tried, and then I thought, okay, that's just a fluke. And I tried it again, and it randomly turned itself off again. And then the, the turning themselves off happened faster and faster. Uh and then I opened up my computer and I tried like, you know, I thought maybe it was the cables. So I tried like pushing them a little bit and things seemed to work. Okay. You know, this was after like two hours of, of trying things seemed to work. Okay. Again, for almost 24 hours. And I thought, oh, okay, I solved this problem. But then around like four o'clock the next day, it started again. And I was so upset because I thought, Oh no, this is the worst kind of error in the world, computer error in the world, the kind where you don't know what's wrong. 
and it doesn't happen repeatedly. Like you want a computer to behave logically. Right. You want it to be like Spock. You want it to like, if the, if I do this, this will cause it to break. Right. But it was just happening sort of randomly. And that's what you can't, can't abide. Um, so I thought it couldn't be the cables because I pushed them and plugged them and they weren't as tight as I thought they could be. Uh, but I called uh, one of my uh, coworkers, uh, Paul Alcorn, who's a who knows a lot more than me about uh, PC builds. I mean, I think I know my share, but this guy knows so much. And it's his I, thing. And I put him, and I put him on, you know, on video call, and I was like opening up the back of the computer and showing it to him, and he's like, "Hey, I can see a little bit of daylight between." the power supply cable and the extension cable. And I thought, and I honestly thought that maybe this is as tight as it could get. Uh, and one of my thoughts was maybe the extension cable itself is bad and I should just try not to use the extension cable or to use sure. a different extension cable. Uh, but he said, just try unplugging the extension cable from the motherboard first and then like replug it, uh, replug it to the like the regular power supply cable. Mm -hmm. So I did that. It seemed much tighter. I couldn't see any daylight. Okay. In the, like I thought the little teeth between them before I could see a little light shining through. Uh, but once I did that, I didn't see any light shining through. And that was almost a week ago. It was like five days ago and I haven't had it happen since. So I'm, so I think that that was the cause. Now, Fantastic. what is a little messed up is this, did, I had the computer running for like three or several days before that started happening. So what happened? I'm wondering if maybe something in the computer was pulling at the wire and it became looser. It also wasn't consistent because it wasn't so loose that it would just right. not work. It was like, oh, it'll work for a little while and then it'll stop. Makes, so me, makes me wonder if the weird. expansion and contraction as temperatures changed in the case as as you know video card gets hotter or whatever it the metal changes a little bit i wonder if that just jiggled it just right and that's that's yeah. when it would kick yeah, on maybe, and off yeah. there's all kinds maybe, of weird possibilities maybe, maybe. yeah physics sucks but maybe maybe <sighs> maybe so i used to have like the worst computer it's one of the worst computer things i've ever had happen to me in so many years of building is i once had a computer when i was in college that I took with me to college and I put it in the trunk and I guess it got rocked around a lot on the drive and it was okay. But periodically the screen would just freeze. And okay. after that, and sometimes it would just come back on its own. And after I turned it off and on again, it would be okay for a while. Other times, what I would need to do is open the computer, pull the graphics card out, and put the graphics card back in, and then it would then it would be okay for a little while, and then it would do it again. So, and it could be okay for like a week or two weeks, uh, and then do it. So like it was, you know, and then it could be okay. Then I could do it five times in a day. So like, it was like that's the worst kind of computer error because you just don't know, like why exactly why it's happening i mean in that case i think it could have been the motherboard or the video card or the connection between the two of them but i don't know for sure um so that kind of that's the kind of thing that really uh frustrates yeah. me but 
so far it seems like that's the issue if it happens again i will open up the computer again and i will see if that connection loosened if it's something that loosens itself over time then i will just try not to use the extension cord and try to stretch the wire the original wire itself mm -hmm. for the power supply and you know and use that but i like this extension cable because it it looks cool and it doesn't like without it it was getting super tight uh so you know that's uh, but one thing that is super annoying and this is a little bit of minutia for people who build pcs these days is that you cannot easily replace the cables that your power supply comes with you can get extension cables to connect to them but you right. cannot easily replace them because they're yeah. different for every power supply uh-huh yeah so so it's ridiculous that there's no standard for that but that's sort of how it is so anyway This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is probably powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, an Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Uh, and remember, for current students, faculty, parents, and active military, you can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv Microsoft. We've had quite a, quite a couple of years talking about security and privacy issues. It seems to be a constant uh, situation. And uh, this week, a report from a security researcher has indicated that there are additional concerns with, within the uh, TikTok app. Um, so the problem comes specifically from the in-app browser that exists within TikTok. Now, you might be thinking in your head, there's an in-app browser in TikTok. Why? Um, it's just like all the social networks. They've got a browser built in, various levels of okay. Um, Facebook is a little more full-featured than, say, Twitter's. And uh, But the idea is to make, keep you within the ecosystem and the experience of the social network without... Um, you know, opening your default browser, whether it be, you know, Safari or Chrome or Edge or DuckDuckGo or, you know, whatever. Uh, it keeps you within the Twitter or TikTok or Facebook app. Um, but with that comes uh, some potential concerns. Now, I've never been a fan of doing anything of consequence within the browser of somebody else. Uh, I always want to know where I am, what I'm doing. Apple feels the same way. Uh, today, uh, apps aren't allowed to use an in-app browser to do uh, logins. They have to be done uh, natively on any newly updated applications. This is a, a rule I just learned about through a project that I'm working on. Um, but they will allow you to do other things, such as open a link in Twitter or click on an ad in TikTok. So what has happened with TikTok? According to this researcher, what they're doing is they're injecting um, some JavaScript into the browser on page loads to track your keystrokes. So, why would they do that? Well, I think as anybody who's been around the internet for a long time can tell you, key loggers have long been a problem. 
uh, on computers because they're able to watch you type in your email address and your password, and now they know what you're what you're up to. Uh, they can watch you put in things like credit card numbers, which is of course one of the reasons why I always recommend privacy, uh, um, because you don't have to worry about that as much. Um, they can watch you type in anything and then correspond it back to you or just steal it outright and use it for something else. Like a credit card, they can go off and make other purchases with it. Or, you know, social security number and a zip code is just about enough to steal somebody's identity. Uh, so if this is accurate, which the security researcher is known for accuracy, so I'm going to make the assumption that they are likely accurate. Um, this would be a huge concern. Uh, again, I always recommend that you don't do anything of consequence through a browser that is not a browser, right? Uh, we know that Chrome, we know that Safari, we know that Edge, we know that DuckDuckGo, we know that these are, that these are browsers. This is what they do. Um, and that's not what TikTok does. Uh, so you shouldn't be doing anything of consequence there. Um, but if you have, maybe keep an eye out. What do you think, Abram? I mean, obviously, uh, there's always there's been security concerns with TikTok for a right. while. If I'm using a browser, I would rather use a browser that uh, is made by a company who I trust a little more than a social network. Sure. So, you know, I understand there's certainly always trust issues with every company, whether it's Google or, of course. or Microsoft or, or Apple, but I would trust Google, Microsoft, Apple, the Mozilla Foundation, or uh, somebody else who's known for browsers like mm -hmm. Opera a lot more than I would trust TikTok with my data. Sure. And, you know, if you're clicking on a, if you're clicking on an ad in a TikTok video and it opens a website in the browser and you're looking at shoes and you're not purchasing you're just looking at a website that has shoes okay maybe right it's risk is low there but it's it's at that point where all of a sudden now you're making a purchase right because now you're putting credit card information in there's there's all kinds of other personal information that's making its way into that interaction none of that personal private stuff should be done in a browser that's not a browser. Microsoft, Google, Apple, Opera, Mozilla, they make browsers. That's what they do. They're a browser because they're a browser, not they're a browser because they want to watch what you're doing online. It just and and I know for a lot of people, you may have never considered that it's a web browser running within Facebook or TikTok or Twitter or whatever, but it is, it is not your browser. It is their browser. It is something unrelated to what you usually use. Yes. If you're using it on an iPhone, it is going to be Apple's rendering engine. It's going to be the Safari rendering engine because of certain rules that Apple has about browsers. Um, but that's it. That's, that's the extent of the, of the, the crossover between those two things. Uh, it is not your browser. It is not what you were expecting. Don't do anything of, of consequence in there. Always, 
Most of them have a have a menu item where you can open it in your browser. Do that. If you're going to do anything of consequence, do that. Um, and I do that for articles, even. Like, I don't like to do anything <laughs> within the Facebook or Twitter browser simply because I don't know what's going on. If it's Safari or Chrome or Edge, I generally know what's going on. I generally know uh, publicly traded companies. There's... <laughs> information they have to provide about certain things. Um, but that's that's my current my current position on it. I do you think do you think I'm going above and beyond? Am I going too far with it that I like, no, I don't you can't. like to read brow, uh, articles you, in it? No, I mean I think you can't be you you really can't be too careful when it comes to your online. I mean I when it comes to things that are nor anonymous anyway like I, honestly I'm not super concerned about this, uh, because it's just tracking you know stuff for advertising behavior and stuff like that but mm-hmm. you gotta I, be careful you obviously hold what what the company what information you're giving out to companies so it's obviously important so uh, gotta be careful for sure so just know in-app browsers never the way to go if you can avoid it uh, you definitely should This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash PureVPN. All right, Avram, we've got a really interesting and, and uh, unique <laughs> show and tell going on this week. Yeah, all right. right, so this week I'm going to talk about something that is really important uh, if you ever plan to sell or give away your PC. And I've been doing some work with a charity uh, called Including You. Uh, by the way, I strongly recommend folks uh, go to includingyou.org and check out their website. Uh, and think about donating some uh, used PCs that you have, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, if you are planning to sell or give away your PC, one thing you want to do is you want to securely erase it. So I'm going to show you something because I've got another computer next to me that I can securely, that I can show uh, what does and does not work. So I'm going to switch to... Uh, something else here okay so this is a windows 10 computer not the one that i'm currently on or else uh, we'd have some problems and the and you're going to see on it that this is the documents folder and i have some documents there i even have one they look a little blurry called my passwords.txt no worries these aren't my actual this isn't an actual password but i want to demonstrate the gravity of the situation all right, so one thing a lot of people would think to do, and I would have thought to do up until recently, is just to reset the computer, right? So if you go to 
you know, the standard thing to do if you want to give Windows to someone else is you go to reset this PC and then you go and you hit get started and you hit remove everything, right? Now this says that it removes all of your personal files, apps, and settings. So, uh, so what should I see? I should see that this uh, data recovery app here that I have on the desktop shouldn't be there. Uh, the uh, all my personal files shouldn't be there. And let's see what happens. So I'm going to hit remove everything. Uh, you're going to see it's going to. I'm going to tell it to do a local reinstall. See if that works. Uh, I may need this. Doesn't okay. It's going to do a reset, and we are going to now. We can um, get back to. Oops. We can get back to. I'm just going to leave that be for a while, uh, and see if if it is ready by the time we're ready to do the rest of the rest of Pilch Point. So hopefully it will be finished by that point. Uh, <laughs> if you want to do two segments before we do Pilch Point tonight, that might be a good idea. Um, I'm fine anyway. with that. I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. <laughs> so while we're talking, this computer is preparing to reset itself, which could take it 15, 20 minutes or so. I don't know. Uh, and let's see, let's see if those files that we showed are still there after I reset. Yes. So, okay. So what we, we had started talking about earlier in, in the overall show, uh, is wiping your computer, wiping your drive, whether you're selling the drive itself or the computer itself. Let's talk about it as if it's the whole computer though, because, uh, that poses some different challenges in that let's assume that your it's your computer's boot drive that you're trying to wipe. So earlier in the show, what we did is we took a Windows 10 installation, which I'm going to show you right now, and we uh, performed a reset on it using Windows built-in reset with the option to remove all of your person's files. Uh, so let's let's see how that oops, let's see how that turned out. I'm going to switch to going to switch to that computer. So this is another computer I have. This is the one that, um, this is the one. Now I reset it and you can see that the documents folder is empty. Uh, never mind that this, uh, this data recovery software is there. I've installed it while you weren't looking uh, to show you something. So the documents folder is empty to all, for all intents and purposes, it looks like my secret, my important data is gone and I can give this computer away to someone without fear of them getting at my data. But let's go look at EaseUS Data Recovery, which is a free piece of software, I should mind tell you. You can uh, get up to two gigabytes back with it for, for free. If you want bigger than two gigabyte files, then you gotta pay, but uh, this can show you what's there. So uh, looking here, this shows a whole lot of stuff. Uh, and let's go, it really helps if you know what you're looking for, but not but not necessarily. So if I look at, uh, so for example, uh, lost files, uh, here, here were the lost files that were just deleted. Uh, if I go here, here was a user, the user I had created, include, include you, 
but here i just to just i could comb through this for a while but i'm just going to make this a little easier i'm going to do a search so i'm going to search i had a file called my passwords if you may recall and i'm going to search and look at that my passwords shows up look at that my passwords .txt is right there now i'm going to try to recover this file the fact that i could even see the file name is bad news right but let's let's see here. Uh, now the thing that you want to do is recover it to another disk. You do not want to recover it to the disk that you are on. So I have a another USB drive in here, which is the Windows 11 install disk for other reasons. I'm going to recover it to this. All right, look at that. Now let's open it and see if I can read it. Look at that. And that is definitely what, what we do you saw see? earlier. That is the username and password that I had put into my passwords file. Look at that. Any Anyone with free software could now get your data off of it after you've done what looks like a decent reset. Well, this tells us something. We need to be a better method of resetting our computer. Uh, For sure. So there's two. So there's a couple of things. Uh, to to talk about here about how you can delete so one is that you uh is that a lot of people like to do something where they're overwriting the disk there's a very popular program called dban uh, that is a free bootable thing that will overwrite your disk several times this is not the best method for an ssd for a hard drive a mechanical hard drive by all means, uh, use DBAN, uh, D-B-A-N, and install it and make a bootable disk out of it. Uh, and you can use uh, the Department of Defense uh, method of wiping. That's great. Uh, but with SSDs, there's some other challenges. Uh, one of the other challenges, although I don't think this is too serious of a challenge, is that your... Um, SSDs use something called over-provisioning. Every modern SSD has a little bit of the disk space that's held in reserve. So if you've got a one gigabyte, uh, I'm sorry, one terabyte drive, it's possible that, I don't know, 5%, 10% will be held in, you know, extra is available that the disk secretly switches back and forth from because we know that SSDs have a limited number of write cycles. So if your SSD can only, and that's usually measured in terabytes, TBW, terabytes written, right? So the so you don't want to wear out too many of the blocks in on the drive because otherwise you would not be able to write to it. And that, you know, realistically it takes a really long time, many years of a lot of writing for that to happen. Like you'd have to be writing all day, every day, your whole drive for like several years to wear it out. So for most people, this is not a serious concern. But nevertheless, the system has some reserve uh, storage that it puts in and out of circulation. Therefore, there's data on that uh, over-provision area that overwriting the disk will not touch. Now, the good news is neither will the data recovery software get to it and when you do eventually write that that um, 
over-provisioned area eventually is used or cycled into sort of things come in and out of the over-provisioned area, I believe, um, it will be overwritten by the time you see it. So it may or may not be that huge of a concern, but there are other things you should be doing to, to purge an SSD. For one thing, you don't need to overwrite it more than once. So uh, there, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of different things. One, uh, and I will show you our article on this, that you could do is the best way to delete it to delete an SSD is not always available, and that is I'll show you right here. Oops, I keep hitting the turn the turn screen off rather than the share screen button. Uh, one is that you can um, that you can use a built-in uh, SSD erasure tool. Um, if your motherboard has a secure erase utility in the BIOS, that would be fantastic. They don't all have it though. Uh, the computer I'm talking to you on has it in the ASUS BIOS. The computer I'm erasing does not have it in its gigabyte BIOS. So some have it and some do not. Uh, those are good because you don't need to boot into an operating system and it will reset the drive. Because SS, modern SSDs have a secure erase command that they can receive that will just automatically reset uh, all the blocks to their factory state. So, um, so that's really good. Now, some manufacturers also have their own utilities that will do this for you, uh, but you have to have that manufacturer's SSD and it has to be supported. So like Samsung SSD Magician has a great secure erase feature. That's good. Although some of these tools may or may not have a bootable disk version, so you might have to have your SSD attached as an external drive to another computer and then run this to erase. Um, so the easiest way, and this will work really well, but not... Uh, but won't touch the over-provisioned area, but will apparently wipe out the the map to it. So therefore, basically, a normal person using normal software should not be able to recover your data would be to use Windows 10 or 11's disk part feature. So uh, I'm going to show you how that works. Because uh, that is, and that also will work for hard drives, although it will only do, I believe, one pass. So the disk part feature, the disk part tool, uh, will allow you to uh, run something called clean all, which will then uh, do a really quick erasure. So if you were, if your drive was the uh, was not the boot drive of the computer trying to erase, you could just go straight to a command prompt, run it as admin, and do the deletion from there. But it's somewhat of a challenge if you are, if this is your C drive, the you know boot drive that you're trying to erase. So what to do? Well, you should take a Windows install disk, as I have now put into this computer, and you should boot off of that. So we're going to restart this computer here and I'm going to make sure by hitting the F12 key when it comes up, hopefully fast enough, that I'm going to boot off of the uh, boot off of the install disk that I had created. Um, 
So you may or may not see as quickly as I do the BIOS come up, message come up, and I'm hitting F12. Yay, I hit it fast enough. And now I'm going to choose to boot off of, I believe Mushkin Partition 1 is the right one. But if not, we'll have to do a different, maybe two, because this disk has been pre uh, done a bunch of times. Let's see. Let's see. Come on, are we doing it? Yes. Okay. So. You can see now that we are in the Windows install. This would look the same whether you were using a Windows 10 or 11 install disk. Pretty much the same. I think the color might be different. Uh, so what to do? Okay, so you hit Shift F10, and that will give you a command prompt. Right? Now, you this is an administrative command prompt, by the way, so you have the admin rights. You first thing you do is you enter disk part. That loads disk part. It's gonna it's going to take a second and then it's gonna spit you back another uh, another prompt. So just to be sure, the right thing to do is type list disk and it's gonna show you all of your disks. Uh, notice that I have two disks on here. One of them is the C drive and one of them is the install USB. Uh, so I want to make sure I'm deleting the right one. So that would be disk zero. It's almost always disk zero if it's so I'm gonna say select disk zero. And now, very simply, to now that it's selected, I'm going to type clean all and hit enter. All right, I've hit clean all. Now, this could take a few minutes, uh, and we don't need to sit here and watch it, uh, but that is the process. Uh, when this is done, nothing will remain on this disk it is theoretically possible that in the over-provisioned area of the SSD, there might be data from some earlier time that someone with like a professional data recovery service could get to. Uh, but a person using over-the-counter uh, software, regular software, should not be able to get, uh, should not be able to access uh, any data that you that you've that you've left on there. It should all be gone. Um, the uh, I actually got advice to use this utility from a company called Drive Savers, that is a professional data recovery service. That you can send them your drive and pay them a lot of money to try to get data off of it. And they say that while they have not validated the disk part clean all on all hardware, that it should do the trick to quote them, uh, and uh, that uh, that. That they like that they like it uh i mean they think it's pretty effective so um so that's uh that's my trick now there's another uh tool that i'm in the process of testing called hearted magic that costs 15 dollars that supposedly will also uh get to the over provision area uh, no matter what disk you have and i tried it just before we went on air and it would not work with my disk so Nothing is perfect, <laughs> but this is pretty darn close. That, that's pretty funny, actually. But it's supposed to work with everything, I mean, ex except the one that you're testing with. And that's, uh, I mean, that's always the way it works, though, right? Like, that's the. I, I, I'm not sure. I, there's probably something I'm doing wrong, but it basically, it's it allows you to choose the disk in, in this drive in this PC that I'm wiping is an NVMe disk. 
Mm -hmm. And it had me choose and be, it's like, what kind of disc do you want to wipe? So I said NVMe and then it, it, it's, it said, you don't have an NVMe disc installed, so I can't do this. But I don't know what to say about that because I do have an NVMe disc installed. So like, um, so that's, uh, so I'm trying to figure out, I went into the BIOS of the computer to see if there's something I have to change. Funny, the BIOS computer also says I don't have an NVMe disk installed, but I'm sure that I do. So, like, I don't know. There's something a little weird going on. Um, but the uh, but anyway, uh, that is another possible tool that one could have. But I think using the free Windows method that I showed will work uh, is probably the right solution for for most people. But nice. simply resetting or simply deleting files or even simply reformatting a drive mm -hmm. will not uh, necessarily make your disk safe to give away. And uh, that's something that everybody should keep in mind. We have an article about this on the homepage right now at TomSarver.com. Very nice. And I can, I can vouch for the, the recovery software that you just showed. Um, I have used it on disks that have gone bad, um, like where the disk has actually started to fail uh, and the the master boot record has been toasted or the um, the what the partition table has been toasted I've been able to go back in and recover an entire hard drive uh, using that tool which was pretty impressive obviously you can't do a two gig free version I had to pay for it but I did recover entire drives um, and I also did um, I had an SD card during CES um, die on me, um, and I, I suspect that something caused the partition table to, to fail on it, and we had interviews on it, and I used it, and I absolutely recovered uh, all the videos um, that we had, all the interviews we had done that day on that card. So it's a really great tool. Right. Uh, but I mean, so that I guess that's the side story is Isa's mm -hmm. uh, data recovery is pretty good. Yeah, but uh, it's a really cool tool for what it's tool. for, and it's terrifying for what it's not for. Right, right. I mean, so <laughs> I was looking at it from the other perspective, which yeah. is, well, I mean, I want it to work well because I want to see if it finds something. By the way, DriveSaver is a very interesting company. Offer if you uh, run a business and you're wiping a lot of drives and you're really curious about how well they've been wiped you uh -huh. can um pay them for to do an erase verification or something where they oh. will take a drive and make sure that it's real they can't get anything off of it because they have tools and methods and whatever that mm -hmm. are proprietary that they use that are supposed to be better than uh commercial software has. sure and, you know, if you're worried about like the NSA or something getting your data, then uh, then at least make sure that you're at least make sure that you're able to do a secure that you're that it's possible that they'll be able to get it to the over partition over provision area or something. Mm -hmm. Although you may not have any interesting data there anyway. But the the thing is, you know, this method, the clean all method I'm showing you, you should also use it on flash drives. Uh, Mm -hmm. on USB flash drives or micro SD cards or whatever. So if you're giving a USB flash drive to somebody, um, just formatting it may not be enough. They may be able to get the data off a of flash drive. So, you know, 
the, the principle of security is don't trust people. So just because you say, oh, yeah, you know, my friend, I gave them a USB flash drive because they needed one because I've got drawers full of them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, wipe it first, right? You yeah. never know whose hands it'll end up in. And all they need to do is be really curious and run a data recovery, and they may be able to find something interesting on there. Of course, you shouldn't keep your passwords in the text file either, <laughs> but that that goes without saying. I just did that to, to show uh, that your sensitive data can be easily recovered. Yeah, and and easily recovered, I think, is the important part because, again, that tool works really well even for complex data, which was why I mentioned it. It's able to very accurately and very efficiently recover complex data like video that can be spread across a drive in a weird way. A text document, no problem. <laughs> it's going to pull up text documents yep. all day long. And, you know, if I do a scan on a drive and I'm trying to be malicious, what's the first thing I'm going to type into that search box in the top? Password. <laughs> yep. So... So yes, and you, you can search, right? Because it may not necessarily be easy to find. You like you can search and see if there's something interesting in there. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are probably going to flea markets or things like that, wherever oh, they buy point. old PCs. They may find something interesting on there. Yeah, good point. I've, Don't let it be your drive. I just off camera over here. I have, and I've mentioned it before, but it happens to be out right now. I have a bag full of of old laptops uh the, the the one that used to power the skype connection for you many years ago <laughs> all all sitting uh down here and yeah i mean there's almost certainly well one of these for sure has scary stuff on it um but <laughs> there's almost certainly uh personal and or private stuff on all of those or maybe even corporate confidential stuff on any of those so yeah you'd have to you don't want anything out of your site without knowing that it's safe. So, yeah. Now, of course, the alternate view that a lot of people take is to physically destroy yep. the, the drives, uh, but that's a shame because mm-hmm. you know there's charities like including you that really could use donated PCs, and you know if you could delete stuff such that you feel confident giving it away, uh, then you should. Right. For sure, and and it looks like it looks like that process is is super easy. I'm so glad that that it's you know full featured like that on on ten and eleven. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, what you won't see because it's still going is I've I've done this and I've gone back with the recovery software and couldn't find those files. Gotcha. So, um, so that's 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 the reveal. That's the big. That's the important part. Yeah, that that is the important part. Well, as always, Avram, appreciate you bringing this to us. This one has a special place in my heart, again, because there's literally a stack of laptops over here to my side. And if those were, and then I've got, you know, desktops and stuff everywhere. Uh, So if those were to get out of my control, it could be a problem. You definitely want to be able to, to secure wipe them. So definitely appreciate that. As always, I look forward to what we talk about next.
This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've uh, compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, Bluetooth 5, 7.1 surround plus, extra features like dual mics, ultra-low latency, uh, all into their headsets. Uh, so you can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. They've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC, plus they won't break the bank. To learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions that are going on, you can go to f5live.tv slash exa. I will tell you that I have got over at Strike, I have got headsets and uh, mice from them, and I am very happy with uh, with that purchase, they really are great <laughs> headsets for way cheaper than they should be. Anyway, let's talk about some other gaming stuff going on. Um, we know that retro gaming consoles have been uh, really popular the last couple of years. The NES Mini came out, the S NES Mini, the Genesis Mini 1, and... Uh, Shortly, we will be seeing the Genesis Mini 2. Uh, when it was announced, uh, I think in February, they told 17 of the 60 titles, I believe, that will be on the console. Uh, this week, we got a full list, and in that list are a couple of interesting revelations, including two games that have never existed before. Um, these are legitimate Genesis-era games that were developed in the Genesis era. The the second one having been developed in 92 and never released for whatever reason and are coming to this console. They will be included on this console. The first is, um, I think it's going to be pronounced Devi and Pi, D-E-V-I and P-I-I. I don't know. I'm going to guess it's not Devi and P. I'm hoping, uh, but it's a uh, it's a game from the developer of Sonic Three, that is a very different game than Sonic and Three. Um, from what I understand, it's a paddle style game. It actually sounds like one of the one of the games from uh, um. Oh, what's the? Whoop! It's gone. The the. Fall Guys. It sounds like one of the games from Fall Guys. Uh, and you're trying to juggle angels and bounce off demons or something like that. It, it doesn't sound like the world's biggest game, but it is interesting to see something so different from, um, from the developer of Sonic. And then there's a title called Star Mobile, or maybe Star Mobile. I'm guessing it's Star Mobile. Um... Because it's uh, from a studio called Mindware. The game was completed in 92, never came out. Uh, heavy focus on puzzles, um, which for me, a lot of potential. Um, it sounds a lot like Topple, the, the board game, the tabletop game. Uh, you're stacking stars on a balanced, uh, maybe mobile. Uh, might be, so I might have been wrong. Uh, so that sounds interesting. I, I think everybody knows I'm a big puzzle uh, fan, puzzle game fan. So 
That sounds like it could be interesting. And then we've got a whole bunch of games that used to be uh, arcade exclusives that will be on this as well, which is another interesting move. Uh, Fantasy Zone, uh, Space Harrier, uh, and Space Harrier 2. In, in fairness, the sequel was available on console, um, but the original wasn't. Um, a game called Spatter, Super Locomotive. I'm going to tell you, Super Locomotive sounds tedious. <laughs> it's all about switching uh, track switches to avoid uh, crashes. Uh, and then uh, VS Puyo Puyo Sun, which is the third uh, entry in a franchise in which you match colors. Uh, again, console, originally uh, they were uh, arcade exclusives that are now coming to console. It's really an interesting, an interesting move, uh, and we've been seeing that with, you know, titles that didn't really exist before. I think the last one even had one title that was never released, or maybe it was the SNES. Um, there's been so many of these at this point, right, that I don't remember which one's which, but there was another one of these that also had a game that was never released. It's a really interesting move to bring, to bring unreleased games into the marketplace 30 years later. So it makes you wonder why they weren't released in the first place. Sure. And how many other uh, great, and how many other interesting games are sitting on the cutting room floor somewhere? Was it a legal issue? Was it uh, was it incomplete and they had to complete it in some way to get right to get it to be usable? Uh, did the studio that made it go bankrupt? That was what uh, I was wondering. That that one in particular, I was wondering if there was if there were like bankruptcies or something involved. Right, like why, you know? But it's amazing some of the things that are on the on the cutting room floor, and makes you wonder what other games haven't come out that would have been interesting if they did come out and could still yeah. come out. Like how many things are sort of, I don't know. Just makes me think like this weekend my my three year old got for some reason got really into wanting me to play her. She always wants me to really play her music videos, uh -huh. but she's gotten really into decided she wants to watch thriller the thriller music video over and over again. And okay. like when the heart when like the zombie parts come on, which is a lot of the parts, she'll like hide under under a blanket or something. But still, she's like like why do you want to watch it? Then she's like oh it's scary, but I really like it. And Aww. you think about it, right? Like I was looking it up for her, and did you know that there's like a whole part of the thriller song that they that is on the cutting room floor, like really? that never was, that was never used. So like that whole like Vincent Price rap, like it was like twice as long, and they cut half of it for I'm not oh. sure why. So like there's just a lot of interesting stuff that's like, you know, how much stuff do you you know, see in games and movies elsewhere that sort of, yeah, you know, that never came out or was left on the cutting room floor. I'm always a huge fan of like, oh, was there a deleted scene to this? Was there an alternate whatever? Uh -huh. Because, and and I'm and very and sometimes you're like, oh, they were right. They shouldn't have used this. But then other times you're like, you know, most people wouldn't have liked this, but I'm kind of glad for the like extra for the extra content. Yeah. So, I mean, 
it will be interesting to see whether these are games that people will agree should have been on the cutting room floor. Right. Or or they will say, hey, you know, this was actually like good good thing uh, we get to play this now. Makes right. you wonder what else is what else is stuck? What else right. you know, what other games haven't you have never been released that you haven't seen? Or what other features of games haven't you seen? Right. Yeah, for sure. And and some of these games, like the the ones from the arcade, uh, some of them are going to have new features. Um, one of them in particular, because obviously arcade games are made to be difficult, because they, especially from that era, because they wanted you to pump quarters in, right? Um, and so. Yep. Uh, the the developers that that did the port on one of these games have created a easy mode versus the arcade mode, um, which is more like a standard game mode than a pump quarters into an arcade machine, uh, which I think is a really interesting move. Um, that is part of the port. They're uh, they're they're literally adding a game mode. There's one. Um, I don't remember which one. One of them is literally changing the way the graphics work. Um, because there was a like there was a problem with the game and so it choked. Um, and so they're they're completely changing the way the uh, the the sprite engine works because it's gonna make the gameplay more smooth and less kind of chaotic. So it, they're not just like, throwing an emulator on a Raspberry Pi and taking the the ROM and giving it to you, which they could do, and people would be very happy with it. But in this case, that's not what they're doing. They're legitimately doing ports um, of, of the games, adding new features, fixing graphical issues from from old games. I think that's a really a really interesting thing. Now there's there's the conversation about, you know, do we want retro games left intact with exploits and bugs and everything, or do we want 30-plus years later there to be some fixes? You know, that conversation can happen. But I do think it's interesting that several of these games are getting new modes and, you know, fixing problems. And it's it's a really interesting move. They're, they're not just, here are some games... Right, It's the difference between spending... You know this much money, and I don't remember what the the retail price on this thing is, but I think it the last one was like seventy nine and ninety nine, so I expect it to be up there. It's the difference between the nineteen dollar wish thing, right, or the Soldier Boy <laughs> console, which was just a wish console with his name on it, where they just take it they don't even test the games they just put a bunch of roms on a thing and send it to you and does it work i don't care they're going to a lot of trouble on this um but in the full list of games oh there are some ones that i'm excited about um i'm a big fan of toe jam and earl and we're getting the second one uh released on this console so i'm pretty excited about that um, Super Street Fighter 2 New Challengers is going to be on here. Uh, what was the other? Um, uh, Clay Fighter, which ironically I have <laughs> for the original Genesis. 
I think I have two or three copies of it. Um, Earthworm Jim 2, but the one that I think is going to get people the most excited is coming from the Sega CD, because it's Echo the Dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) That was a game that did not get, uh, in its time, did not get the love that it deserved, uh, and it's going to be on here. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that. I want one of these pretty badly. I'm looking forward to, uh, to pre-orders opening up. I don't have any of the other retro games, the other retro consoles. I'm going to put it out there because I've got the actual ones. <laughs> um, but, but this one's actually making me think, think pretty seriously about it. I know you're a fan of retro games. Yeah, I mean, I think I I was not a big uh, Genesis player, so these games aren't super familiar to me. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great that I think it's great that they're coming that there's more opportunities for folks to enjoy these games and to try like a couple of new games that they've never tried before. Yeah. So, uh, so that's really cool. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't aware that Populous had been available for the console. I was a big fan of that game, and I'm a little shocked to find out there was a console version of it. Maybe I wouldn't have been in the time. Maybe I knew it then. But that's going to be on here, too. Which, I mean, you can play today on your PC if you're a Game Pass subscriber or an EA EA Play? Is that their subscription service? Um, it's available from them right now, but uh, I, I'm going to play that one on a console. I want to try that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mouse game. That seems chaotic to me. But I, I look forward to it um, if, if I get to put my hands on him because limited number coming to the United States, fingers crossed I can get one. Uh, we'll definitely have videos coming from it. And I suspect that Alante and I will likely do Twitch streams with it because (laughs) that's going to be fun. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop. Plus, it takes care of uh, standard threats like worms, trojans, spyware exploits, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your uh, computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price right now, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. Google Search, uh, obviously, uh, they own the industry. 92, I think, percent of all uh, internet searches are done through Google, but... If you've used it in the last year or so, you might have noticed that the search results have gotten a little weird, uh, particularly on uh, certain types of content. Uh, Entertainment, for example, uh, has been a little spotty. Uh, Your top results are always kind of useless. And Google has recognized that. They've heard 
the complaints. Uh, there are Twitter threads complaining about uh, certain topics on Google just becoming completely valueless. Um, and so the company has promised to make a change. They've got some big changes coming to the algorithm and the way that they deal with search results. Uh, and they are specifically aimed at these uh, clickbait style, which in the proper term, the proper definition of the term, not the, uh, the way that we tend to use it, uh, meaning a headline that's a little misleading. This is proper clickbait. This is... Uh, articles that are maybe not written by the site that you're going to or their aggregations of small amounts of nothing that add up to large amounts of nothing. Uh, Google is specifically trying to target those, um, which I'll tell you, I think is a good thing. I don't use Google for search much, but when I do, I do seem to find myself in this position. And I find myself in this position across the search engines because it's usually when I go over to Google is because, um, you know, Bing or DuckDuckGo uh, or Brave have completely failed me on search results. Um, and Google tends to fail me in that same way on those search results because everybody's using the same general metadata to build their, their indexes. And so... Google saying, all right, we're going to start looking at that metadata a little differently and try and make these search results better, specifically to focus on made by people for people and to minimize the bot algorithmic uh, concatenation nonsense that I tend to find, especially with entertainment. Uh, have, have you experienced this, Avram? Do you find yourself in this position? Oh, sure. <laughs> Listen. I can. I actually could talk to this. I actually, this is a this is a a, uh, a very fruitful, very. Uh, this is a topic I actually know quite a bit about mm -hmm. because, but I know about it actually from the content producer end uh, because we talk about this a lot at work at my at my day job, right? Because we are we talk about this a lot because if you um, we don't want to get caught in uh we don't want to get dinged for this right so right um for clickbait and our company is very concerned about uh any of the sites that uh you know our parent company future is very concerned about any of our sites being uh dinged for for clickbait uh sure. and they are very like on our all of us like whether it's tops hardware or or some of our sister sites very honest about like be really careful about what you put in your headlines don't put something in don't promise something in the headline that you uh, that you don't deliver accurately in in the story right sure. like they are very very concerned about it because they don't want like you can you as a publisher can get in trouble with google they yeah. will send you warnings and if you get warned and you don't stop or whatever, you if they, you know, it's like a content warning. If they think that you are uh, doing clickbait, you could be uh, kicked out of Google or punished or de you know whatever. And certainly, being kicked out of Google is like site rank or, or your site rank drop. That's like 
being uh, Socrates and being asked to leave uh, leave the Greek state of Athens or something, you're going to be you might as well drink the uh, I don't know the hemlock or something because your right. site is done if yeah. you can't be found in Google. So because um, again, so ninety two percent. Right. So so you need like you need to be in Google. Like you cannot uh, you cannot we cannot afford to not to not be in, to not be findable in right. Google. So it it is very serious. Now what you said interesting about for people by people is another thing that Google has been talking about. Now it's interesting that they say they're rolling out algorithm now. Because they've been rolling out algorithms to deal with this for, for a while. So yeah. if they say they're doing it now, there's means that they're continuing to do something that they have been doing actually. Sp- well, so they are uh, in this particular case. It's the type of content that they're that they're focusing on this time. Uh, like last year, I think it was last October, they rolled out a big update, a, a big for people by people um, update to the algorithm around uh product reviews um and uh entertainment reviews because there were sites that were taking little and making little you know bot generated algorithmic concatenations of review 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 and it had nice words and it didn't have anything useful (laughs) um and so they they went on a big thing about trying to solve that just shy of a year ago uh, now, and they're going to enhance that as part of this update and uh, start applying some of that technology to other topics, including entertainment. Uh, so this and and the reviews wasn't the first one either. Uh, it was the biggest one, though. It was their biggest hit uh, in a couple of years. And this one sounds like it's going to be bigger. So uh, Google is really big on something now that they call eat. EAT expertise, authority, and trust. Mm-hmm. So, um, not also they want to. Not only does it matter that these you are the original source of content, which as it should matter, right? Right. But they, but authority matters. So, right. like, it's really important. For example, to have a byline of a human on articles and you will have a reputation. So if you have a reputation for writing about, you know, technology and your byline is on it, I mean, I don't know. Nobody outside of Google really knows how well this works and how granular it works. Like if my name is on it and I'm known for writing about Raspberry Pi, but I'm not known for writing about, uh, mac os or something but i write an article about mac os does google go look that's okay because he knows about technology and that's why we're sorting it or no actually we know we're really granular and we know this guy never writes about mac os so he doesn't have a lot of authority right i like we don't i don't know if anybody really knows that but the, the point is google has made a point of saying like we want real people we want to be able to trust these people like it helps you to have a bio on online and all that stuff like it's it matters so now like whether if that doesn't matter to it we don't know when google says that these things matter 
how good their technology is, like how right. smart it is. Is it True. as smart as a person to say like, oh yeah, I trust that person because they're used to writing about this, or uh, this really looks like clickbait to me. It's 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 hard to say like how good it's going to be at picking out clickbait. But uh, what we can say is like. As a publisher, you engage in clickbait at your own risk, mm-hmm. right? So I guess the I guess the thing is like, don't promise something that you can't deliver, right? Like, don't say like, hey, this you know this thing is coming out on this day or no or something like, we now know the release date of the new iPhone, you know the next iPhone, and then you click through and it's like we think the release date might be in September, right. but we don't really know, like that. Like that's clickbait. It's like, hey, I promised you something in the headline, right. something definitive in the headline, but then when you got to the body, it was actually like, actually, I, I can't really tell you this, right? right? right. Um, similarly, you have a lot of now. What I don't know is whether this kind of jives with images, where you have my favorite bad kind of clickbait is the one where you get a picture of something, but it's not actually delivered in the story. Uh-huh. So you're like. You won't believe who died or whatever. Right. And I'll have a picture of someone who you think is alive. You're like, oh man, I better click through to find out right. who this person's really dead. It's and a picture of through and they're not even on the list. It's a picture of Chris Pratt. You you won't you won't believe who died this year, and it's a picture of Chris Pratt, and you're like, Well, I know for a fact he didn't. So what are we talking about here? Unless, you know, and you're like, Hey, wait a second, did he just die yesterday today? That's what they're what hoping. That's through? what they're hoping for. Yeah, you know, right? Right or uh, you know, remember her? What she looks like now is jaw dropping. Right. Uh, anyway. Number thirteen now, will amaze you. Yes. Now, but I gotta I gotta caution everyone. A lot of that clickbait's not in Google. A lot of that clickbait doesn't come from Google. So you it comes from Facebook. If it's not, it <laughs> yes, but it also comes from services uh, like Taboola which are um, things that they pay. It's sort of like an yep. ad. They pay for distribution on different sites. And then the companies who want their content distributed through these networks uh, can use clickbaity mm-hmm. uh, images because, you know, whatever. They so don't they, care. They're, they're, I mean, there's a couple of them. I'm not just picking on the one. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. a couple of services like this where... You know, like they, some of the content, the content can be, can be quite legit, uh, but also companies can come out with listicles and things like that that they put there. And then, like, you click it and you're like, hey, wait a second, this isn't quite what I expected. Or, um, you know, my favorite one is the one where it's like it, tell, it has a picture of bananas boiling or some boiling bananas, and it's like, Cardiologists recommend this one thing to flush your bowels or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a second. Why are cardiologists recommending I flush my bowels in the first place? And True. Is it definitely boiling bananas <laughs> to do that? Like, <laughs> you know, and then and then you click through and it's like something completely else. So like, yeah, like Google's not going to solve that problem because a lot of that stuff right. doesn't come from Google listings. Right. Google's already too smart for that but um i think some of the things that end up in google news and discover and things like that you know could be somewhat deceptive 
or you put out you people might be searching for something like they want information that doesn't exist and you're trying to answer their query which i get it like why why someone who's publishing on the web would want to do that like let's right. say for example someone was searching for when does when will i think it's something people really really are looking forward to okay when will the uh, when when will the next intel chip come out when sure. will when will raptor lake come out or something like that uh uh, and they're searching for it, or like you know, the next or some Marvel movie does. When will the Fantastic Four movie come out? Right. Like, we don't know, right? Uh, there's some hints though, like oh well, we think it's going to come out in 2024. Somebody's dropped a tea leaf or whatever, right? So you search for that, and then you get a headline that's really quite definitive, and it's like Fantastic Four is coming out. You know, uh, you know, read. Yeah. Fantastic Four release date revealed, and then you click it, and it's like, well, we think it might be on this day because of this of what they've done before, but we really don't know. Like, that's clickbait. Now, are they not, totally not answering your question? No, they're sort of answering it sometimes, but you know, not not what you'd expect. And so, I think Google's right to crack down on this, um, but. Nobody really knows how effective their technology is at doing it and whether people that are doing legit editorial are going to be dinged for it. Um, and uh, we may never know because, you know, those who are writing stories may have their stuff get, uh, you know, delisted or deranked or whatever, and they'll, they right. may not know why. So it's hard to say. If we could read the mind of Google, uh, we we would all we would be better off but on the other hand we would all be be using whatever the method is to get to number one and that's why they don't want to tell you exactly what they're doing as as i always say when you create rules you create a game and when you create a game you're going to have people that play it better uh so that's if we knew what all the rules were for the game you'd have you'd have a lot of people playing it at a high level and those people don't tend to be the ones that you want playing at a high level. <laughs> so, you know, knowing, knowing has, has its ups and downs. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping, but there's a whole lot more with your subscription. Uh, you get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription uh, to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to our favorite features, these and others, uh, plus a 30-day free trial and the ability to give Prime as a gift all in one place by going to f5live.tv slash prime. All right, so there was a possibility of us talking about uh, a competitor to Prime <laughs> uh, tonight because uh, Walmart Plus is teaming up with Paramount Plus. Too many pluses. I'm tired of it. I talked about it on GNC Week in Review. If you want to hear more about that, you can go over there. But we're going to talk about another topic 
that Avram and I have discussed at different levels over the last uh, year or so, and that is the current state of the movie theater business. Um, in particular, uh, Cinemark, which was, if you were watching live, was the word I had misspelled. Um, if you're in the U.S., you may not recognize that brand name because in the U.S., um, they uh, operate under the name Regal Cinemas. Uh, but in other parts of the world, um, the Cinemark or Cineworld brands are used. Um, and then there's, then there's um, Israel, where they're called like Yes Go or something like that, which... <laughs> I, uh, I'm. Oh yes, planet. Okay, whatevs. Uh, but they operate under a, a variety of names. Uh, Picture House. Um, but uh, they are likely to file bankruptcy in the next couple of weeks. Um, sales have not recovered the way they had hoped, uh, and there's a couple of reasons for this. Um, in our in our analysis of what has happened over the last year or so, as we've discussed on the show previously, um, one is that people have just gotten comfortable seeing new movies at home. Uh, during lockdown, a lot of the stuff that was slated for theaters didn't come to theaters. You know, Black Widow uh, famously was destined for theaters and ended up on uh, Disney+, Plus, which ended in a lawsuit between some of the actors and Disney. Um, but lots of stuff moved over to streaming because the theaters weren't allowed to be open. As they have reopened, people have said, for, for some of the content, the difference in the experience isn't enough to spend the time. We have talked about that a number of times. Right, Avram? Yep. That the amount of money it, it costs to go to the theater for for a, a, maybe a smaller project or, you know, some things are meant for a big screen. <laughs> and the first time you see them, they are intended to be on that screen. But there's a lot of stuff that's fine at home, especially if you've got a surround sound system and things like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a good friend of mine, I'm looking chunky even though I'm mm -hmm. really not downloading anything. Uh, Anyway, a good friend of mine has a incredible home theater setup mm -hmm. uh, in his house that he he bought uh, last you know last year. He has set up. We were visiting him last week. Nice. He has set up a movie theater room in his house. Okay, and he went through the trouble of like doing everything to get this movie theater room right. Mm -hmm. So he's got it's got like multiple levels right where he's got like different seats on different levels he's got he um and the seats are like better than most movie theaters have although modern movie theaters you get pretty nice seats now but like yeah you know these have like usb charging in them and all kinds of adjustment nice. he's got a projector and he's got like a project he's got like a screen that comes like that is motorized and comes down sure and it's like huge not as big as the movie theater but you're sitting pretty close so right. you get a pretty good vantage point scale uh on his 4k 4k projector right yeah. he also has his projector supports uh 3d so with okay. active shutter so he has like 
bought like five or six pairs of active shutter glasses so you can like some of his blu-rays are actually 3d and you can watch 3d movies on them sure. and then he also went to the effort famous, of having famously like, avatar yeah. uh who wants to watch avatar when you could watch treasure of the four crowns the uh the uh we we were there the other day we we're watching treasure of the four crowns which if you have if you don't remember it uh you're not alone but there, there were two <laughs> movies that came out uh, in the like the early '80s. There was Coming at Ya and Treasure of the Four Crowns, which were like the, some of the best 3D movies ever made because they were made to be 3D, like to really s- stick it to you. So like, there's all these scenes in the movie where people are just like poking at the screen or whatever, and like it just like the something about the way they filmed it. It really looks like you're being poked in the face. Okay, like constantly uh like i wouldn't say that the movies the, like the quality of the plot is very good or anything <laughs> but wow you're getting your 3d out of it like nothing else sure. anyway so um anyway people can create scenarios like that i mean granted he probably had to spend a lot of money on this like he got the walls painted a particular color so they look like a art deco movie theater like color and he's got like a carpet in there that looks like an old movie theater and he's got sconces on the wall that are like his art deco lights or whatever like he and he's got an old-fashioned popcorn machine so like he really tried he really 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 tried but you know you could have a pretty good experience without really trying without trying that hard um so um you know yeah, I, I mean, the other thing that, that is kind of killing it for the theater is the uh, release window, right? Yep. So I was feeling a little bad because my family and I did not get to go see, really wanted to go see the new Thor, the latest, I shouldn't even say new anymore, right? The latest Thor mm-hmm. movie and um, in the theater. But today, my wife came and told me that it's going to be on Disney Plus in like a few days. So, yep. what did we have to wait a month and a half? Right. Yeah, I'll take waiting a month and a half. Month and a yep. half, I don't have to spend any money to see it because I already have Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, the quality, I mean, if I had a better home theater system than I do, it would certainly be more movie theater like. So, yeah, I mean it's it's getting harder and harder to for them to justify their existence, and then people like even before there were some people who I mean obviously now uh, public opinion seems to have shifted, and that a lot of people are not as concerned as they were about getting COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. Like personally, I'm not too eager to go to the movie theater and and, and take any kind of risk just to see a movie, but. You know, there's a lot of people who probably, uh, based on my seeing how many people are wearing masks in public, probably not that many people, probably a lot of people not deterred by yeah. uh, by the risk of being around other people as much as they're deterred by the lack of, you know, motivation. Like, okay, so it's movies cost more and more. It's like $15 to see a movie yeah. um, for a single ticket uh, around here. So you're gonna pay for your movie t- tickets. A family of four—that's like sixty bucks before you buy any food. Like, that's that's no joke. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it it's a lot of money for 
for what? And if you're going out as a, if you're parents and you're going out without the kids and you need a babysitter, like right, think right. about now, listen, it was an experience, right? To go out and actually leave the house. And that was sure. something to do when you went out. But, you know, and so that's sad uh, in a way. I, I'd like the movie theaters to still be there uh, when I'm ready to go back to one. But uh, and there are certain things where it sort of feels like this would be a cool thing to do to go see the movie theater. Like just last night, here's a little pitch for folks who have Paramount Plus. Uh, I I rewatch I watched the new uh, 4K cut of, of Star Trek 1 which is not a great movie, but the, the new 4K director's cut, it looks good. Like, looks really good. Right? And I was watching it on my 50-inch TV, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I was thinking, like, this actually, like, if I was at a movie theater with, a, like, a really nice screen, this would be a nice experience. Yeah. Uh, and that's going off of, that's a limited time thing, too. It's going to be off Paramount Plus on the, third, on the 31st. Uh, oh, really? So you have 10 days to watch it to watch Star Trek, the motion picture. They have, like, a non-director's cut version that's on there always, but this is, like, the new 4K remaster or whatever Got version. It. So, anyway, yeah, some things would look really nice on uh, on a bigger screen, but uh, it's really hard to justify. Um, it's really hard to justify, and most things don't really benefit from you going to the movie theater, and it's not right. worth the cost. So Exactly. I mean... And you know, we've now, talked, there's a lot they could do to improve. We've we've talked about what the future of theaters might look like. We've talked about you know the the Cineplex might end up being a thing of the past. We might go back to the 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 movie palace kind of concept of a couple of screens instead of twenty eight or forty in some places. Um, and you're right there there are other there are things in the experience that they could. That they could improve. They started I mean, to do they, some of that before things got weird, right? With with the chair improvements and you know uh, more more uh, interesting experiences like look theaters or um, studio movie grill things like that. And we're starting to see more and more of that. But the, yeah, what uh what enhancements are in your head? Well, I think making it cheaper would be one. Sure. I mean, like I interesting. Mean, that seems counterintuitive. This was yeah. this was one of the companies that when all of the uh, the movie pass stuff was happening, they implemented their own version of it um, within within the Cinemark uh, brands, um, like Regal here in the United States for unlimited movies for uh, whatever it was a month. I don't know if it still exists. It may or may not. I mean, that's something. I mean, I think considering how many ads you have to see before a movie comes on, like uh-huh. maybe they should do something, have some type of, like we see other streaming going to ad models. Why can't the theater go to an ad model? Is that just too, is that just too out of whack to say like, we're going to show you commercials yeah. during your movie and, and you either get it much cheaper or free. Like, hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking like, $15 to see a movie is a lot of money. And, like, yeah. frankly, considering how much they make from concessions, they probably could could get people in the door, like, saying, True. we're going to show you a movie free with ads and then make some good make some good money on selling popcorn. True. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's 
maybe they've done the math and this doesn't work. But at the same time, people are going to the movie theater, so maybe they should try something else. Right. Uh, My suspicion is that we're going to see some creativity in the theater experience. Um, My suspicion is that Cinemark, Regal, uh, Yes Planet... (laughs) Are not, what a weird name. Are not likely to uh, to vanish entirely. Now, Cinemark might um, might divest itself of a couple of the brands, maybe some of the smaller ones. Um, but my guess is that they're looking to restructure their debt, of which there is four point eight billion U.S. dollars, um, and that's that's where the bankruptcy is coming in. My guess is that it's going to be a restructuring. Um, and out of it will come some theatrical creativity. AMC, as we talked about when all of the weird meme stuff was happening on Reddit, uh, uh, AMC ended up turning that in their advantage, right? There was a bunch of short selling. People bought the, the stock to make it go up to screw the short sellers and then AMC saw it, and they sold some of their own stock back into the market. <laughs> when they were they were about three weeks away from running out of cash for operations, and they've been riding that high ever since. So they play the game, and they won. Um, but like Cinemark, I suspect we're going to see some theatrical creativity come out of this. Well, I hope they don't shut down because there's a regal that is like that opened in my town. Uh-huh. Uh, like a year or two before the pandemic, sadly, oh. they, they built a brand new fancy Regal multiplex. It's like walking distance from my house, and I've used it like one, one or two times. And uh, I'd really like it to stay in business. Sure. Uh, so, sure. you know, I, I mean, because it would be cool to be able to go there. Now, I have to admit, have I been going there? Not, not since uh, the pandemic, but, you know, a, a few uh, a few weeks before, uh, I took my son to see Sonic there, and we had sure. a the first Sonic Sonic One, and we had a great time. Guess what happened with Sonic Two though? Like two months after it came out in the theater, we were able to see it. Yep. To to see it on streaming. So I'm not sure what uh, the answer is. Maybe it's more events and birthday parties. I know a lot of kids who have birthday parties at mm-hmm. at the movie theater um, who rent rent a theater for birth uh and that's a great use of it yeah it is Um, but obviously there's only so much of that that they could do yeah Uh, the other thing that the other thing i think is really cool but no multiplex is really set up to do to your point about movie palace is just doing revivals and showing old showing old movies in a way that like you wouldn't normally so like there's a the movie theater i used to go to as a kid was built or one of the ones i used to go as a kid was built in 1926 and it's one of the few theaters from that era that still exists like somebody bought it and they like re well they refurbished it to a point uh they refurbished it to a point and it shows movies and proper uh, like proper proper maintenance kind of refurbishment not we're going to tear it out and make it they didn't change the chairs yeah yes but what i mean is i i they didn't change the chairs so like They did like the ceiling, which is like beautiful, this beautiful, gorgeous ceiling is still is still in okay shape. Uh, but they didn't really like really improve the screen, they didn't okay. improve the seats. 
So I wish they had sort of put some modern amenities. They didn't clean the bathroom. It looks like it hasn't been cleaned since 1926. But uh, <laughs> but the but I I took Isaac to see my son to see a movie there like a few years ago, and yeah. I was like, hey, isn't this cool? You're going to see a movie in the same theater I saw it in. Uh, whatever. And the thing is, though, what's really cool when they do that do it there is that sometimes on Saturdays. They will have to play silent movies, and they'll have an organist come, and they have a real organ, and they'll like do the organ, oh. right? So like, so like that to for me those, is like a great for those who don't know, there. because we do have a, a a big percentage of our audience that's very young. You may not know that we talk about silent films, and when you when you see them, most of the time there's a soundtrack on them. That soundtrack was played live in theaters in those days um, on a piano or an organ or something in the in the theater, which is an experience that's totally dead. I, I mean, unless you go see Rocky Horror, there's nothing that's happening in the theater <laughs> while right while the thing is happening. Right. So like, so like that's a great that's a great use of the movie theater. Rocky yeah. Horror is a great use of the movie theater. I don't know how sure. many are still doing it, but. Uh, I know but, we've uh, got one. I, I think there's it. one on St. Pete Beach uh, in our area that still does it I, every weekend. I, I myself would love to go see Rocky Horror in the theater again. It's been a while, but I've been many times, several times. And would love to go again. So, like, yeah, you could find uses to sort of combine sort of live yeah. performance with the theater. There's there's ways of making it more interesting. Yeah, for sure, and and putting the space to use during slow times um you know we've got i i keep mentioning look theaters i know most people are probably not familiar with them they're like a studio movie grill but i think they're a smaller company uh and we've got one here in our area and they're not afraid to do to try stuff <laughs> um in fact we've we've uh had conversations about possibly holding parts of gaming tournaments in their theaters because they're not they're legitimately not afraid to just try stuff, um, which I think is a cool, a cool thing, right? And I think we're going to see more of that trying interesting and weird stuff in movie theaters over probably the next year. Uh, this stuff getting started, um, likely in Regals, and then once AMC runs out of their uh, their bonus cash, maybe we'll see AMC start doing some stuff uh, as well. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. Uh, if you didn't join us live and would like to in the future, uh, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, chat with us in the studio, uh, occasionally be accosted by spam bots, which is what's been happening tonight. But once again, I will say Nightbot is the, the live streamer's best friend. I didn't have to do any work. That thing took care of all of the bots. Um, if you can't join us live, that's okay. Uh, Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. All of our shows are there, uh, as well as links to all of the different ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. Um, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. So on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.